Another episode of Get to Know Your Co. Hope everyone had an excellent week. I'm Eddie Garfin, and this podcast is born from a time of isolation, living in isolation. We're getting to know our coworkers. It's just so darn hard these days. Usually, we do this after our weekly all hands meetings, quarterly socials, but those are all going digital now. So this is a chance to take a step back and find some common ground with our coworkers, and maybe, just maybe, learn something that we didn't know about each other in the process. So today I'm joined by a former tennis star known for her powerful serves, who now lives to serve her colleagues, her community, and her family. This is Brittany Levitt. Welcome. Did you say tennis star? Tennis star. I wouldn't call it a star. (laughs) Tennis player? Tennis player doesn't have the same ring to it. That's true. Keep the star. Keep the star. (laughs) Welcome, Brittany. How's, uh, How's the week going? It's been going crazy busy crazy busy busy meetings on meetings on meetings on meetings oh yeah it's always scary sunday night when you start to look at your calendar i don't know when you look at your calendar but for me it's sunday evening and i just see all of the meetings for for the week and i go okay this is my hard day my hard day is thursday and then i have some breathing room on tuesday so that helps me kind of plan the week when can i do work versus when are there just a ton of meetings i for sunday i like to stay off the phone um like look not looking at my schedule on Sundays I look at it Monday morning I'm up early on Monday morning so that's when I look at it I try to stay away from it as much as possible on Sundays and it, and is that just because you want to disconnect from technology is that just you don't have time to look at your phone I, I just feel like on Sundays I can't control it and so then I'm just like there's nothing I could do what it is is what it is so therefore, I'm going to enjoy what's happening right now, and I'm going to wind down because when Monday hits, <laughs> it's coming. So I'm just going to enjoy the day. Yeah, it's like it's like being on the beach and seeing a storm slowly coming in <laughs> and just saying, you know what, rather than walk out to the storm and get a little rain on me, I'm going to wait till it hits me. There you so go. Fair enough. Um, why don't we start with your Home Depot journey? And so I know I, I made a little error when I spoke to Blake uh, for last week's episode I called UGA UOG, which is, uh, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. I did fix it by saying go dogs, but I I, I think the damage was done at that point. So UGA is your alma mater. Yes. And I would love to learn more about your journey from UGA, what you studied at, what you studied there, and then how that took you to zero chaos. And from there, how you ended up on the merchant engagement team. Sure. So yeah, my bachelor's was from the university of Georgia. I studied information systems and I had a minor in speech communications. Um, after I received my bachelor's, um, I went to work. I, I was actually having my first son after, uh, once I graduated, I had my first son. So it was, I had a, just graduated with my bachelor's. I had a three month old. I didn't have a job. And I was pretty much looking to get any, get some type of income from somewhere at that point. And so I go, um, at the time at Georgia, they had like a alumni tool where you could go and find jobs pretty much. And so I went on there and I applied to a lot of different places. 
um, and Zero Chaos is actually like a workforce management company. Um, this one was on site at Cox Communications. I don't know if you, I don't know if they are in Canada. I'm not, I'm not sure, but basically it's just like a cable network company. And so they needed an onboarding specialist to come on site and just so happened the person that was interviewing me was also a Georgia alum. And so we kind of connected there and I, I believe I, I credit that to getting the job. So um, I was there for a couple of years as an onboarding specialist and then I made some like small innovations. And so I got promoted to the business process analyst and then again to like this resource manager role um, and decided that I wanted to pursue more education at that point. And so I went back to Georgia to get my master's. Now it wasn't um, on site in Athens. It was actually on, it was like a hybrid kind of like an online and then you could come into the downtown Atlanta. They have like a little satellite office there. Um, and so you could, you know, do it that way. So it was easier for me as like a parent to go back and get my master's um, and then look for more work. So basically after that, um, I was applying to Home Depot because it was just a company I've always wanted to work for. Um, it took me probably like a year of applying to Home Depot because it, it's not easy to get in. Some people like they apply for like one job and they immediately get in. And for me, it took like a year of applying for me to actually get noticed by a recruiter. Um, and so that was back in 2017. I first started at Home Depot in the services department. Um, and I was um, a B2B reporting specialist. They basically do um, like renovations for other businesses like banks, schools, restaurants, um, government buildings, things like that. Um, and so I was there for about a year and then moved over to the vendor collaboration and merchandising space under Deborah at the time. Um, and so that's unfortunately when I met Paul for the first time um, and had to deal with him. I'm still dealing with him for the next two years, but um, he actually taught me the ropes of vendor drill and um, taught me, you know, my drill and all of these merchandising concepts I never heard of before. Um, and so I'm, I'm still learning merchandising. I feel like a lot of people are. Um, it's, it's a lot that goes into it. Um, but yeah, once we kind of did this whole reorg um, and then we were restructured under Erica's team um, as part of like the supplier data and analytics portion and now we've pivoted um, again under Askuity and so now I'm here as a merchant engagement analyst and really enjoying get to getting to communicate with the merchants for the first time for me um, and it's it's been a lot of meetings and uh, very, very busy, but also I am learning so much. Absolutely. Shout out to Deb. And I guess this might be the first anti shout out or dig <laughs> to Paul. <laughs> He's yes, taught I'm... you so much. Nah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to leave it as a dig. <laughs> okay. Fair <laughs> enough. So, that that complicates things a little bit because it sounds like like Paul has taught you a lot, but I guess yeah. 
the next thing that I wanted to get a sense of was who at Depot has had the biggest impact on your career so far, maybe excluding uh, whoever actually helped you get uh, into the organization initially. Um, so that's a really good question. Um, I've come in contact with a lot of people here at Home Depot, but I unfortunately have to say Paul has been the biggest contributor um, for me so far. I hate that I'm saying this and he will probably make fun of me once he listens to this. But he really has been um, there for me, like since the since the beginning. Not, um, I mean, like two years ago, since the beginning of like my merchandising career, which I I personally feel has like been the um, I, I've learned the most in this um, department. And Paul has, any time I've just kind of wanted to give up. I feel like he's always encouraged me and has helped me in my career and what's like kind of talked me through what what it is I wanted to do next and has given me a lot of great insight to think about. Um, he's introduced me to some of his network that he knows because he's been here for so long and he knows a lot of people. So he's introduced me to some of those people who I get to talk to now and are also part of my network now and so and then I just get to talk to him like personally um, and get to know him over time and his story and his story you know just inspires me as well um, so yeah I, I would definitely have to say Paul has probably been the most like influential totally and it sounds like Paul has a really interesting backstory so hopefully we can get him on at some point yeah uh, you definitely maybe he'll need to. Share. he he you know 16 years is it 16 or 17 years i i, I forget but um that's that's a lot of his that's a lot of home depot history right there oh yeah <laughs> and the creator of vendor drill too that there can't be yes. the importance of which can't be understated exactly can't, yeah, yeah can't be overstated i should say absolutely so Moving on to a, a particular passion or interest that you have, something that I'm sure a lot of people uh, really love, but you're a huge fan of this, is uh, the show The Office. Yes! Just to clarify, because there technically are two versions, we're talking about the U.S. version, right? We're the talking C4L. about the U.S. version. The okay, US I just want to make sure. Well, yes, that is a great I, question. I don't even think I gave uh, the Ricky Gervais uh, British version a chance. I think I just uh, yeah. I, I watched the entire U.S. office and then I watched four minutes of the first episode of the U.K. version. And I said, nope, can't do it. I couldn't either. <laughs> that's, my, that's me. I'm like, nah, can't do it. Back to yeah. <laughs> too, too dry. I, I had some friends in college that really loved uh, some British TV shows like the like the It Crowd or the IT Crowd. Uh, yeah. I just I just can't do it. Yeah. Too dry for me. Me too. So who's uh, who's your favorite character on The Office and, and why? Why do you like Okay, that? so this is unpopular opinion. Ooh, okay. Out of all the characters, my favorite character is Pam. And many people, I feel like, would immediately say Dwight. They would say Creed. They would normally say, you know, maybe maybe even Michael. I don't know. But 
I say Pam because I feel like I relate the most to Pam. She was really just this shy introvert and was having trouble kind of finding her way, I feel like. And uh, outside of Jim, just like every, like just everyone else, um, they just kind of like, kind of brushed her off to the side a little bit. But Pam is extremely witty. She is, in my opinion, very funny. She is a strong mother and a great wife, in my opinion. And a lot of people disagree with me, but um, I, I just feel like she's a really strong character. And without her, without her character, without her, I don't feel like the show would be as great as it is. Yeah, I, I have heard before that a number of people will give Pam some flack because she's the one in the relationship with Jim um, that's that's needier and kind of yeah. more insecure. Yeah. And so it's it's I, I see where it's coming from because Jim is almost throughout the entire show this like perfect, perfect right. husband and yeah. father and he's so likable. But on the other hand, Pam is a more realistic representation of a human being. There's probably no one that's like Jim. So exactly. Um, yeah, she she got she got too much flack throughout the show. I can I can see how um, why you like her and also how you kind of identify with her because she's grown over the years from Absolutely. from you know kind of a, a low level love interest and then that developed into an entire family. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's. I, it's disheartening when I I hear a lot of bad things about <laughs> Pam's character. I hate it. But my second favorite character would definitely be Dwight, if I have to say. Like, he's just <laughs> amazing. I wish more people in the world were like Dwight, actually. Yeah, he's he's really funny. And I think his character uh, from the first half of the, the show to the second half really changed. So yeah. my question to you is, do you like the first half or the second half? The first half, Dwight being uh, really just Jim's adversary. They're, they're really at each other's throats and pranking each other nonstop. And then the second half is they have this very real friendship. Uh, and there are still some pranks, but you see them team up a lot more. I like the first half. I like the first half of The Office better, especially because I feel like it doesn't... I mean... I'm trying to figure out like when the season that Michael actually left the office, but um, the first half of the office where I got to really know who these characters were, understand Jim's like just sarcasm and intro the introduction of all these pranks that were happening, like the jello scene, like, I just can't get over it. Like, I laugh every time, even though I know what's happening. Um, but I just feel like it was just more, like, when they didn't know how famous they were going to be, like, things were, I feel like it was just really real, and they were just, they were into it. They were connected. And this is obviously before the other characters got introduced, like Robert California, I'm not a fan of, not a fan of Nelly. Um, I grow to liking Andy. Um, <laughs> I like when he got like Dwight fired, that was upsetting, but I grow to liking him. But yeah, the original cast from the first half of the, the series, I enjoyed more. 
Is there a, a favorite episode storyline or running joke that comes to mind for you? Is there something mm-hmm. that's just the best um, of the show? The best. Um, yes, absolutely. There is an episode. Everyone, if you were office fan, you know what I'm talking about. Dwight is upset because nobody listened to his PowerPoint presentation and he decides to start a fire in the office and literally yes <laughs> he starts <a> fire. <laughs> <laughs> he lights he lights um a cigarette and then throws it into a trash can and then he starts jamming doors putting keys in doors and breaking the keys in the in the locks he start he takes a handheld torch and heats up the the outside of the handle and then all hell just breaks loose everyone tries to escape he yells he yells fire <laughs> immediately starts panicking trying to escape they're throwing out things out the window trying to, trying to get out and then he was like this is a test of your emergency preparedness <laughs> like what and then stanley passes out and um sorry um and then as it goes on i know that was a lot of laughing but the next part of the scene i really love is when um they are having they have like a practice dummy or they're trying cpr on the dummy and everyone's in the conference room and then (laughs) the instructor says when you when you're performing cpr like when you're pressing down on this person's um chest you want to do it to the tune of staying alive <laughs> um and then <laughs> she goes uh they michael says oh i know that song and then starts singing at first i was afraid <laughs> <And then laughs> she goes no it's staying alive staying alive and then she she's singing the song and then all of a sudden kelly starts dancing <laughs> And Andy, Andy, Andy comes in with the falsetto. Andy, Andy starts singing the song. <laughs> it, it's it's a ma- it's a beautiful scene. Oh like God. if you've never if you've never seen this, please please go watch it. It's amazing. It's hilarious. I'm I'm done. I'm done. Oh my goodness! And Michael Michael starts to talk about the quality of life that the dummy would have if they were to yeah. resuscitate it. So he questions if they should even resuscitate the dummy. Yeah. Dwight cuts no the arms. dummy's face <laughs> face he off and puts it no on his arm. own face. <laughs> he has no arms or legs. What kind of quality of life would he? What kind of quality of life is this? And then he tells Kevin, "It's almost like you have no arms or legs." <laughs> like, geez. He's just so he's so mean to Kevin. Um, Super but. So obviously we, we, we have each had together and uh, independently as we've watched this show probably a million times each. Yep. Uh, what are we going to do when NBC pulls the office from Netflix? Are we going to have Netflix and this new NBC streaming service? Are you just going to move over to the, that NBC streaming service? What's going to happen? Um, I will have Netflix and the new streaming service as well. Um, Hon- I have decided that is honestly they could have just the office on that streaming service and it would probably be worth it i i kind of agree with you oh also i don't know if i told you this but office ladies is the podcast with um angela and um pam um they have a podcast called office ladies where they talk about each of the office episodes in depth um and i don't know if you've heard of heard of this podcast but they have an instagram page that i follow 
and they sell like office merch. And so I bought one of the jackets, the office lady jackets, and it has like the teapot from the Christmas scene mm-hmm. and like their faces and some cats on Angela's cat on it. And so then I posted it on Instagram and they actually reshared it and said that I looked great in their jacket and it was on their Instagram story. And I was super excited and I showed it to everybody and then I reposted it on my Instagram because I was so excited and I was a celebrity for 24 hours. Yeah, usually people only get 15 minutes. You got 24 hours and that's awesome. 24 hours. To get reposted by characters in the show that everyone loves so much. That is, that's awesome. It was, it was, it was an awesome moment. I actually took a screenshot of the actual repo so that wouldn't go away. Um, So I have it saved on my phone. I don't blame you. I would have done the exact same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Let's turn our attention to something that you mentioned earlier, which is uh, you you had a a son straight out of college. Since Mm -hmm. then, you've added a couple more to the bunch. Yep. And you're working and we're dealing with COVID. So everybody's at home. Yep. Uh, Your husband, whose name is Eddie, is also home. How are you kind of all managing working in such close quarters uh, while also teaching your kids? And now that it's the summer, I guess, running summer camp programming for your kids? It's, it's really tough. Um, it's uh, my husband, Eddie, he's very much like my kids listen to him. Right. So they are less likely to listen to me if I tell them, Hey, go sit down, go watch TV so I can have 20 minutes and they'll, you know, they'll do, do whatever they want. But when Eddie comes around, it's like, Oh, now we have to listen because you know, this is the real parent coming in. And so I am grateful to be in the two. I have somebody here to help me with it all. I feel for the single moms or single dads that are doing it by themselves. But for us, it's, we have like, I wouldn't say like a set schedule, but there are things that we do throughout the day to kind of chop up the day. So if we like to sometimes coordinate to make sure we're both not on meetings at the same exact time. And so one person is dealing with the kids and one person's on the meeting. Sometimes that doesn't happen. And we are both on a call at the same time and whatever happens, happens. So if the kids are in the back (laughs) screaming, they're just in the back screaming for that moment of time. But um, we, we do use our television. And I know that's like, not always a good thing in the parent community using the TV to distract our kids, but we definitely use the TV. Mind you, it is Magic School Bus on, if that helps at all, for anybody who doesn't like to use the TV to distract their kids. We do put on the Magic School Bus a lot in educational programming, so I feel like that's kind of helping. We are not doing any type of like schooling right now because it is um, the summertime, so um, some of our relatives will... Um, ask if they can help us with the kids and we're like grateful to have some help. And so they'll take the kids for a while while we work. And so it makes, it makes the, the, the days easier. Yeah. For, first off, Miss Frizzle was one of my top five favorite teachers of all time. So oh, she awesome. did a fantastic job. She's um, amazing. Everyone for, loves Miss Frizzle. I mean, from an academic perspective, I don't know. That's probably a conversation for my teachers in the phase that I was watching the magic school bus, but uh, I remember it being educational and it's, it's 
it's educationally. I mean, it's good. I mean, I feel like they're learning. They're learning a little bit of science. Yeah. And so, how come they how come they listen to uh, Eddie so much more than they listen to you? What is it about him that just commands that obedience? I, I've been trying to figure this out for the past eight years. I really have. I uh, I I don't know if it's just like that male presence versus a female. Like I'm very nurturing. I'm very soft. I'm the one that like you know, I hand them their little juice boxes. And so for me, they kind of see me as like the snack girl. Like you're the girl. <laughs> the snack girl. Yeah, so like <laughs> you're, you're the girl that gets my cookies and my milk, like that type of thing. And then when Eddie's, he, ha- he has a very like strong presence. So when he comes into the room, it's like they are – they li- he has a very deep voice too and so they when he speaks to them like sit down they will sit down but if i say sit down it i guess it sounds like a teletubby saying it or something like that and so <laughs> they're like well you didn't really mean that so i'm not gonna have to do that so but when eddie's around they listen and for some reason with me i struggle with it i don't know I don't but know. that goes that goes back to the the point that you're making. It's good that you're both there because also right. can we just talk for a second about how there used to be only one size of juice box and it didn't matter how small the kid was. Now there are multiple sizes of juice box. <laughs> They're like tiny tiny juice boxes now. And those don't work for my kids at all at all. <laughs> like they want the biggest size juice box. I, and they're expensive too. I don't know if you if you tried like looked at prices of juice boxes lately, but the, those Capri Suns are extremely expensive. I believe. I haven't looked at prices. I obviously get my juice boxes wholesale. So no, I'm um, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not a big juice box drinker anymore. I know that uh, my nephews and nieces, especially the younger ones, they like juice boxes are terribly designed for kids. Uh, they squeeze yeah. them and they shoot yeah. everywhere. It's If you tried to create a mess for a parent, number one would be just a glitter bomb. And number two would be juice boxes probably. That's so true. Oh my God. So what is the hardest part about being a parent other than the fact that, you know, your kids, uh, they might not listen to you. I also think that's just, you know, the nature of being a parent. I feel like kids probably listen to their teachers better than they listen to their parents. Uh, but what's the hardest part? Oh man. I think for me, I would say, I don't know, this is kind of a tie. I would say the financial cost of having children and I I don't want to say the lack of freedom. I want to say more like... I feel like that's an accurate representation. You, <laughs> I don't know, some of the other parents at Depot would have to chime but in. I know that sounds bad to say like, you're, you know, you you can't do what you want to do. Like, if you do want to do something, it takes a lot of planning you know, you got to find a babysitter. You got to pay the babysitter. You got like, how long are you going to be gone? When, what time are you coming back? What time is there nap time? Are you going to be like, it, it, it's a lot of planning that goes into it versus, you know, someone that doesn't have kids, they're able to, number one, they could, they're able to save more because they don't have another person they're having to take care of. They're, they don't have to spend as much in groceries or daycare or, um, you know, saving for college for an, another person. Yeah, um, let alone three. 
yeah, three, <laughs> three, you know, so we love spending money so much. We did, we, we wanted to make sure we had none left. Um, yeah, I, I would say financial, financially, and then just like not being able to kind of go when you want to go. It's a lot. Right. What's, what's the most rewarding part about being a parent? Gosh, um, I would say like when your kids do something, like they accomplish something, like the next step, like when they're babies and they start walking and you are like super proud of them, even though like everyone eventually learns how to walk, but like those proud moments of like seeing your child, like, accomplish something in life and move to that next step um it's just so rewarding um when you know they're this this is like a weird thing that moms do i mean dads do it too but uh, i know especially moms do it because i'm part of a, a large mom mommy group but when the kids are sleeping and they when kids like sleep they sleep some of them sleep very peacefully and like you could literally just watch them sleep all day and I know it's like kind of creeper like you're watching kids sleep but like watching my son's like especially my two-year-old when he's sleeping he just sleeps so peacefully and like watching him sleep just melts my heart so much and I take pictures of him and I kiss him a million times on his (laughs) cheek and it's like the cutest thing ever and it really just melts your heart and you see them as like they're so helpless and they rely on you for every single thing. Like they cannot survive without you. And knowing that they fully, they fully trust you to take care of their needs. And they won't, they just, they wake up each day, you know, just ready to play, ready to go. You know, what are we doing next? They don't care how much money's in the bank. They don't care if you're tired. They don't care if you're sick. They don't care if you have a million meetings today, but just, you know, what are we going to get into today? And so I, I love that spirit about him and just, it's, it's, it's just really like rewarding. Totally. And, and two is such a cute age. It's like the <laughs> age where they start to become their own person. They have a ton of personality, yep. but they're still a baby in a lot of ways. And so it's like just the perfect hybrid between uh, like a toddler and a baby. And my Matthew, he's my two-year-old Matthew. He is, he loves Baby Shark, the Baby Shark song. Oh, yeah. He plays, he like sings the song daily because he loves it so much. We, he has a lot of Baby Shark apparel right now. That's his thing. But he is, he definitely rules the house. I have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old as well, but the two-year-old he rules the house. Like he decides what plays on the TV. He decides what songs get played on the radio. He decides, you know, how the day, how the day is going to go. Like he is, he is the controller here. It's a lot of power in in the hands of a two year old. Yes, (laughs) It's either you, you do it his way or you're going to hear a lot of crying. <laughs> so yeah. you choose what you want to choose. Exactly. Do, do, what are the other, the other boys' names? What are your other son's names? Oh, yeah. My eight-year-old's name is Eddie. He is Eddie the third, And my five-year-old name is Christian. So do, do Eddie and Christian, Eddie, Eddie the third and Christian, recognize the power that Matthew has, or do they still kind of try to uh, fight it? Oh, they, def- they most definitely recognize his power, for sure. Um, 
you know, if, if they're playing with a toy right now, the big toy is like Beyblades. I don't know if you've ever heard of what Beyblades are, but I know what Beyblades are. Those, those like those, those spinny tops that you yeah, pull a cord and they things. just go and spin. Those are, um, those are the hot items right now in the Love It household. So if Eddie or Christian is playing with a Beyblade and Matthew decides that, hey, I want that Beyblade now, it's now Matthew. So he gets to, he, they understand the power and they don't question it. We've spoken a lot about your past and your experience leading up to your current role. And we've talked a lot about today, uh, your family life and how we're kind of handling things through a lot of different changes that we're experiencing both in the organization, but also in society. So let's talk a little bit about a forward thinking, aspirational view. Where do you kind of want to uh, take your career? What, what diverse interests, you know, you have tennis, you have mobile app development. What's, what's kind of a field or area of interest that you want to um, really explore? What's nearest and dearest to your heart, Brittany? Yeah, I definitely want to explore more in that, like, iOS development. Um, I have a couple of ideas for some apps, and I, first of all, I need a MacBook computer. They're extremely expensive, so I'm trying to save for a MacBook. Um, but I definitely want to get into learning more about the Swift, which is the programming language. Um, it, I, it's not that much different between other programming languages, but there are some little nuances that I need to learn. Um, when I was at Georgia, um, I learned a little bit of Python, Java, um, I want to say, no, I don't, because I don't remember. I don't remember. If I haven't been using it, then I don't remember it. Um, but once I see it, then I start picking it up again. Um, but yeah, I have started on the app already, one of the apps that I've started on. Um, but it's taking me a lot of time because I've been working on it for a couple of months. It's been taking me a lot of time because obviously I work full time. So that's going to cut out a lot of my day. And also I have kids, which cuts out more of my time. And then also I'm a human being, so I'm tired. So that cuts out some of, some of my time as well. Um, but the app that I'm currently working on is actually a budgeting app. Um, and it allows people to set like financial goals and then share them socially on social media. So let's say you are wanting to pay off a credit card. I'm just, this is just an example. So you can choose from one of the templates, like the pre-set up templates that I have, and then you'll be able to choose kind of like an image that you want. You put in how much you owe, let's say you owe a thousand dollars on this card, and then you put in how much you've already paid. So let's say you only paid a hundred dollars toward this. And so it basically the app will like color in, it's giving you like a little chart, like a cute chart, and then it colors in a um, hundred dollar, like a square. And then, you know, as you pay off more, it keeps coloring in more squares until you reach your goal. So as you're paying off, whatever it is, you could share it, let's say on Instagram and, you know, I'm a third of the way there, almost there, almost, yeah, almost there, almost paid or whatever. And it gives you like inspiration as you, um, 
pay off something else. It can also, doesn't have to be a bill. It can also be like a savings goal towards something. So maybe you just want to have, I want to have $10,000 in my savings account by X date. And so then you start the goal and you pick, you know, whatever kind of picture you want to display. And then you start recording, um, you know, your progress and then you could share it with others. Um, and so I've looked up other apps that are like finance related and there aren't i haven't looked i haven't seen any that look like mine or do the same thing as mine uh, it's not as interactive and it's not as aesthetically pleasing um, as mine will be but once it's done i will definitely let you know yeah please i a uh, small passion of mine is personal financial planning oh yeah and so yeah, so I'm I'm constantly comparing my my monthly budget to my actual spend, um, and I honestly enjoy it. I'm not doing it just because I'm a responsible person. If I didn't love it, and it's weird that I love it in the first place, but if I didn't love it, I wouldn't do it. Um, so it's not like I'm just uh, extremely responsible. But I I see tremendous value there. I think one of the biggest challenges that a lot of people face is just getting started with a goal, figuring, figuring yeah. out how to start moving towards saving that 10,000 or paying off that thousand. And so right. uh, fr from a visual perspective, I know that with Apple watches for, an, yeah. for activity, they have a visualization, they have their rings and people are yep. inspired to close the rings. And so I see a similar trait there in the, uh, in the cubes and coloring in the different cubes as you move closer to your goal. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been a work in progress. It's a lot of work. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for it. I feel like I've made a lot of progress. I have a login page so you can log in and everything. Ooh. And yeah, that's a login page. You know, it seems really simple, but it's actually, it's not to create a login page, but, um, and I also have a homepage. That's, that's insane. Um, so that's how far I've gone. That's exciting. What's the next the next thing that you need to do for this app. Does it have a name? Yes, it's called Debt Free Me. Debt Free Me. And what's what's the next step uh, on the roadmap for developing this app? The, the next the next step is I need to upload the templates. Um, I haven't figured out a great way to do that yet. Fair enough. I'm sure we have uh, uh, quite a few people that uh, know how to code in Swift and could probably help you out with that. Give you yeah. some tips. That would be awesome. I, I need some education. <laughs> so <laughs> I need some education on this. Um, yeah, it's, it's just started out, you know, just as an idea and something I wanted to do. Um, but like, I don't want to quit because it's gotten hard, you know, and I feel like I've done that a lot of times. Like if something's too hard, I just kind of give up on it. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't want to give up on this. Like this is something I, I mean, it keeps doing no matter kind of how long it takes. Yeah. So then this, that might be the answer to what I'm going to ask you next, but when we have, you know, your a hundredth birthday and we're celebrating and you're completely coherent and you're still, you know, going for runs and all of, all of that good stuff that a hundred year olds, by the time all of us turn a hundred will be doing, what is one accomplishment when you reflect back on your career that you want to have been able to check off of the list? OMG. Why didn't you prepare me for this question? <laughs> take, a, take a second and think about it. I think 
some of some people go in the direction of working in a particular field or organization. Some people will take a different approach and they'll talk about a specific project that they're working on. And so it, it really depends. It could be any so and all things. It's what do I want to be known for or remembered by? Sure. I, I can't say it's a particular thing. Like not a particular project or thing. I want, you know, if I'm on my way out the door, I want people to remember me by how, how much I like inspired them or how much of an impact that what I said helped them in some type of way. And maybe Not, that, maybe that way is just helping so many people become debt free. Maybe it is. And that's exciting. Um, yeah. That's super exciting. Um, and that, you know, that really would be awesome because right now I'm trying, I mean, I'm trying to share my journey on paying off all my student loans and I, there's a lot of them and I'm trying to share my journey on social media and how I'm doing it. And it's, it's really cool to, because other people are going through it as well. They just may not talk about it or they don't mention it, but it's, you'll be surprised of that how similar our lives are, <laughs> you know, wherever you are in the world of how, um, how closely people are going through the same exact problems or the same exact issues. Um, I also create memes. I didn't tell you that, but I also create memes all the time and I post them like I probably post like two a week on my, on my Instagram. And the last one I posted, I posted this morning and it has gotten, which I'm really excited about this. It has gotten um, 831 likes as of this morning and Whoa. 229 reshares. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, I mean, it's happening. It's, it's happening. Hap your, your career as a memer is, is going to take <laughs> off. It's taking off as we speak. It's all of my memes are budget related. So they're all, <laughs> they tie it together. they're all about money. They're all about budgets. And yeah, I mean, people seem to really like them, but they're also extremely relatable. And so, yeah, if I'm a hundred years old and I want to be known for something, if, even if it's in my like professional career, I still want to be, I want to be known for having like an impact personally on people. I would imagine that most people or a lot of people at least that's that's something that they want to achieve is yeah. they want to do something good for humanity Absolutely. or for their, their city their country um yeah. so we're gonna twist or we're gonna turn away from some of the the deeper more serious questions that i've bombarded you and ambushed you with <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna move on to our rapid fire round oh gosh okay I'm going to just ask you or throw out a couple of options and you just pick uh, the okay. one that you like best. Awesome. What is the meaning of life? No, I'm just kidding. That's I, really <laughs> <laughs> like, really? <laughs> no, that's not the, that's not the first question. Here we go. Hot or cold food. Hot. Sweet or salty snacks. 
Salty. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Braves, hawks, falcons, or dogs? Dogs. Another member of the dog pound. And does pineapple belong on pizza? No. <gasps> You're the first. No, absolutely not. <laughs> why not? Tell, tell us why not. No, because it's like, it's, no. Is it gross? Yes. It's like fruity. It's fruity. It's fruity. It's, no. It just, it, it just doesn't belong. It just it, doesn't. You can't. Like, you can't. Like, meat, yes. Mushrooms, yeah, sure. Pineapple? Like, you, you went into a completely <laughs> different category. I can't. I can't with this question. Like, the, <laughs> the wrong grocery the, store aisle. The fact that I'm... Jack said yes, too? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm literally... I'm, You're the first person in nine episodes what? that said no, which is... You should be proud, okay? Because... You're going against the grain here. This is crazy. I should be proud. <laughs> <laughs> you should be proud. That's hilarious. You should be proud. Oh my God. That is so crazy. Okay. Well, that's that's all the time we have for today. Brittany, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Yeah. And to, to everyone listening, thank you for listening. Uh, if any of the topics or conversations that we had today piqued your interest, or if you know how to code in Swift, please feel free to reach out. <laughs> Uh, to Brittany. She would love the help and she would love to continue the conversation. I would love so, it. Thank you. From Atlanta to Canada, I hope everyone enjoys their weekend. And until next time, I'm Eddie Garfin and this has been Get to Know Your Co.